0: Um, The first thing I want to say is how totally flattered and humbled and honored I am that you all are here. Uh, I, uh, Ben, you have done some, I mean Ben, you've done some, sorry, you've done some amazing, uh, uh, unbelievable. Yeah, I'm sure. You guys, you guys are amazing, all the work that you guys did. And who's here from, how many people here from Parker? Oh, wow. (laughs) <laughs> Holy cow. And how many here from TCC? Wow. Well, then go Parker. Uh, wow. You guys rock. Uh, it's a totally humbling and flattering flattering experience that you guys are here. I, um, I, j- just a, a quick story and then I'm going to get started with all this uh, stuff. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to read some Green Book uh, selections to you guys and then we're going to talk about it. Uh, and I want you guys to ask questions. So it's not just going to be me babbling for a couple hours, it's gonna be you participating because I want you to ask me questions. I, I've been had the great fortune of being in practice for 26 years uh, and speaking now for the ICPA for the last like four and a half, five years. So uh, I am I, ever so humbled uh, to be in this beautiful profession uh, and to be able to meet amazing young people like you guys is so inspirational because it makes my heart sing that our future is strong. Uh, and that's what I want to see. Um, but uh, what I want I want you guys to think about is the, the amazing power of how we are all here right now. Like, do you know how many paths it had to take for us to get physically in this room right now, right? Like how many U-turns and detours and decisions and all, to, to get here? And, and not just to, for Ben to announce that uh, you got, I'm here in... Houston and you guys are in Dallas and to organize this many people is totally amazing. Um, but I just mean all the decisions to get you here, all the decisions to get me here. Like, can you imagine that? I'm, I'm just a little guy from a little town, Limbrook, New York, right? Little town, a couple thousand people when I was growing up back in the, this is the 1960s, I know you guys aren't familiar with that territory. Uh, Woodstock era, Beatles, where they, were, they were around when I was uh, a kid. Um, and you know, my parents had nothing. And that's what I really want to impress upon you guys. Um, a lot of people look at me and they say, wow, you have such privilege, and you, know, I, you, must, have, like, you must have had someone to give you all this money to get started, or, or have this great role model, whatever. No, my dad, uh, God rest his soul, my dad worked for an air freight company for 20 years and hated every minute of his job. And, uh, and he retired as soon as he could. Right, it was like age 65 and one day and he was done. Right, because he was just doing it for the money. Right, he hated what he did. And he used to come home every single day saying, please Drew, promise me you'll find something you love. Please Drew, promise, promise me you'll find something you love. Right, and, and I did. Right, lo and behold, I did. But, but what I want to impress upon all you young students who are spending like oodles of money to get a chiropractic education. 100,000, 200,000 or more to get a chiropractic education. This is the best money you'll ever spend right because this is your ticket in as I like as I'm fond of saying it's your ticket in the way you got the way you're gonna get to serve the masses as I've had the unbelievable privilege and honor to do for 26 years the way you're gonna get to serve the masses is this ticket in right and that ticket costs 200 grand It's just the way it is right and I remember sitting in your shoes and listening to people like me and saying like but gosh how could they be successful and I'll never be successful I can't be that successful because I don't come from anything, and I have no role models, and, you know, I don't have any money. I mean, I lived in a, in a one-bedroom apartment on a pull-out couch, right? So, so I came from nothing, right? When I graduated, my parents couldn't give me anything. They, they, they found furniture that they, they didn't need anymore, and they gave me furniture. And, and my aunt my aunt gave me some of her furniture, and my friends gave me some of her furniture and stuff. So, like, all, it was just crazy, right? Like, the, the, our apartment was this 80... Do you remember this... this this apartment this whole this room here we're in is bigger than our first apartment right our first apartment is probably like like this strip long and with the itty bitty little bathroom and it was this gross place but you know what was fun is that like lisa and i were in love and we were newly married and i just started my practice and it was like a dream come true right And, and that's what i want you to think about you know as i go into reading green books is i want you to think about like all the amazing things that had to happen to get you here. But you guys are all young. You guys are all in like your twenties, maybe your thirties or something. Um, you have such a long future ahead of you. So many people you're going to touch right along the way. Like I can't, It's uncountable how many people that I have been able to reach. Right. And not because it's me. Right. But any chiropractor who's been doing anything for 26 years has adjusted so many people. And it's not just about like, the adjustment that I did on that one person to help that one person that one second. It's like the, the genetic and the changes and the expressions. And, and did my adjustment on that woman yesterday help her have a better birth? which meant that her baby is going to be healthier because kids who are born naturally do better than C-section babies. And is that baby going to be healthier and grow up to be healthier? And all these other, you see the intersection of all these thousands and thousands of different things that can happen just because you guys are chiropractors, right? right? So I don't want you to think about whatever money it is that you have to spend to, to become a chiropractor, right? It's all worth it, right? It's all worth it. Because, in the end, when you look back you're going to like I can now look back at twenty six years and all the blood, sweat, and tears that it took for me to get from point A to point B here right now, and it was all worth it now let me let me just say something that's super important: was it easy? no no life isn't easy, right, and so let's get that straight up front. Life is not easy, but it's worth it right it's worth it and and the the, the amount of joy that you're gonna get, like the other day I had this beautiful little girl, her and her family are about to move and I, she made these beautiful little notes for me and all my staff and interns and saying like, Dr. Rubin, I love you, you're the greatest, I'll miss you, I'll never forget you, you've meant so much to me and my family. Like there is just nothing better in the world than that. There's nothing better in the world to see a little boy, I was adjusting yesterday, For two months, I've been adjusting him. He had this horrible, and you'll hear me in one of the uh, episodes talk about this. He had this horrible cephalohematoma on his head because of a a birth injury. And the kid just cried and cried and cried and cried and cried all the time he was crying. And so every adjustment, he he would just scream and scream and scream and scream. Not because of what we were doing. He was screaming no matter what happened, right? The mom said, he's either sleeping or screaming. There's no other... thing. Even when he was nursing, he was upset. Um, But after adjusting him and adjusting him and adjusting him and the mom and the due diligence that she had to bring him and bring him and bring him and bring him. And now he comes in and he smiles. He smiles when I adjust him, right? He went because two months old, he was just freaking out. And now he's smiling. His whole nerve system has calmed down. There is no greater joy than I could give him because it wasn't about right now that little boy feeling better right now even though that's nice and gratifying you know what what's what's the real big picture in that is 20 years from now do you get that 20 years from now when he's sitting in these seats right because he's going to Parker or TCC or Life University or every 20 something years from now when he's doing that because of what happened to him you know now versus If something didn't, if there was no chiropractic care in his life and then what, like what would happen if that didn't happen? Do you see that? And that's the great intersection that I want you to think about, right? How many things had to occur to get you here? But then how many things have to occur for you guys when you guys are in student clinic or outpatient clinic or in your own offices? How many things have to happen for you to touch that baby that, 30 years from now is going to become a chiropractor because you touched him when he was a baby. Like, wow, right? Think about all those pieces, right, intersecting. To me, there's just like nothing greater. So, so I'm humbled and grateful that you guys are here. And I just want to share that with you before I got started, that you can create something from nothing, right? Each and every one of you can create something from nothing. Ben had the idea to do this. Right, He emailed me saying, I see you're coming to Dallas. I mean, Houston, can you come to Dallas? And I was, no, I, I, don't, I can't you know, get myself to Dallas. And he organized this. That's something from nothing. Right? This room was an empty room, wasn't it? 15 minutes ago, it was an empty room. Now it's not. I was filled with you guys. Isn't that amazing? Right? If you really think about like, quantum physics, that's totally amazing. That that Ben and I had an idea, and now this room is filled, and it wasn't filled 15 minutes ago. Wow, right? That's the power. That's the power of, that we have in our brains and our hands and our hearts, right? That's the power. So I wanna read a couple of selections to you tonight, like I said, from B.J. Palmer. And this is one of the most powerful um, things I think he ever wrote. and it comes from uh, Palmer's Law of Life. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that particular green book. In the beginning, God, the law of the universe, the same law in all units, it creates, vegetable or animal. The same law circumvents abnormal conditions as best it can. The same law personifies itself in quadrupeds and bipeds of the vertebrata, species, and families. If all channels of communication are open, free and clear of impediments, obstructions, hurdles or interferences in their path. In the beginning, God, man being one creation. Medicine, per se, is is supposed to do scientifically from outside what God can't do from the inside of man. Educated medical men and scientific men with test tubes, microscopes, and laboratories with endless compounds deny the cult tenets of the abilities of the supreme internal function. God, no matter how defined, is omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent inside of man in the creation of man. Where is it in man, if it is in man at all? If it is, then this all-pervading internal power must be recognized and established as a dominant healing factor with man, sick or well. All space, all time, all things that grow, produce, reproduce, and live are governed by law, and yet medical men, by insignificant education, are intolerant of this factor in admitting place, its place functionally internal to run man. They substitute accumulations of outside theories to try to prove man must be directed to live by outside in, where we really should be directed by inside out. Right? So, when you think about what BJ was saying, he was saying that there's this power inside of us and we have to recognize that power because that power is the force, right? And that force has the ability to do almost anything, right? Like I said before, it has the ability to change something, nothing, into something, right? It has the ability to take a room that was empty and fill it. It has the ability, like if this was a piece of paper and I did this, what would happen to my hand? What would happen? I'd bleed, and then what would happen? It would stop, who did that? The body, isn't that amazing, right? Isn't that, and that's what we have to teach our patients. isn't that amazing like you do this and your finger bleeds and then unless you're hemophiliac of course but forgetting about (laughs) hemophilia right if you're not a hemophiliac you do this your finger bleeds the finger stops bleeding that's the power what you guys eat for lunch today right maybe on the way here you stopped off at McDonald's or something or Burger King or Dairy Queen or whatever and you had some hamburger thing right but what's that what's that is that hamburger hamburger to be hamburger tomorrow what's it gonna be It's gonna be like eyes and ears and nose and brain and all that kind of stuff. How did that happen? Did you ever think about that? How cool that is, right? And that's what we have to tell our patients, right? That's the power, that's the power. How is it that I, the way I got involved in chiropractic, I had really horrible asthma. There was nothing that helped me for 15 years. I found a chiropractor in 1984 after 15 years of suffering. In three months, this is when I was going to SUNY Albany in New York. In three months, from June, July, August, when I went back in the beginning of September to SUNY Albany my senior year, no more asthma. My last asthma attack was 1984. How did that happen? Right? I'll tell you how it happened. It's the same way that this heals from a cut. Right? My body needed to heal from the inside out. Right? The inhalers I was puffing on, the shots I was getting, the drugs I was popping, they weren't healing me. They were keeping me in status quo. Right? I needed some healing from the inside out. That's what chiropractic did for me. And I've been studying, if you've listened to my podcast, I've been studying neuroplasticity lately. That's a very neuroplastic thing to happen. Right, Because my body for 15 years was growing an asthmatic body. As a matter of fact, I used to say to the doctors and my friends, I have asthma, right? I am an asthmatic, as if it defined me, right? Right? Like, as just to say, well, I'm a chiropractor, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm an asthmatic, right? As if it's this thing that I studied for and had a degree in, and now I, become, I have a degree in asthma. My degree, I have a bachelor's in asthma, right? But that's that way it was, Right? Because asthma, asthma was a temporary ride. Did you get that? Asthma was temporary. It was just hanging with me for a while. And when asthma no longer made sense in my body, what did it do? It disappeared. Right? And how does that work? I'll tell you how it works. Can you turn the light off just for one second? Just for one second. We're gonna turn it light off. Don't be alarmed. All right, turn it back on. Right. So when my beautiful wife just turned on the light, right before she turned on the light, what, please describe the condition of this room. What was the condition before she turned the light on? It was dark, right? What did we have to do to make the room have light again? Do we have to chase the dark out? Do we have to make an announcement? Attention darkness, attention darkness, it's time for you to leave. Do we have to do any of that? How quick did it occur? Did it take 10 minutes, 15 minutes? No, it was like this, right? There's instantaneous. So what had to happen if this we can describe this neuroplastically? That light switch, right, was off. The brain said, I need to light the room. By flipping the switch, by adjusting the subluxation, the light is on. And darkness just fleed. Like where'd the asthma go? Right? Is it is it behind is it in my pocket, maybe? What what happened to it? Right? I went to my doctor, and I'll never forget this, before I went back up to SUNY Albany, I went to my doctor after you know, feeling amazing, about to go uh, up for school, and he said, how's your husband doing? I haven't seen you all, all summer. I said, I don't need my inhalers anymore. I said, finally the drugs worked. I'm like, no, I started going to a chiropractor. And he's like, the drugs finally worked. I'm like, OK, you believe what you want to believe, but I'm going to become a chiropractor. Right? That was my decision. I had I didn't even think about chiropractic until I found this, right? Because I found that that light switch was in my body, and someone just had to flick it, and now it turned on, right? And that's what you guys are studying, right? You guys are studying how to turn the power on, right? All, all the training that you're doing is boils down to that sentence: to turn the power on. Does that mean that it's going to work in every single person, in every single case? Of course not, right? Not possible, because sometimes if you flick that switch, what happens if that, here, look, see? This light is out, right? Oil lights are on, this light is out, and that light is out, right? So is it gonna work with every light? No, of course not. Nothing's 100%, right? But look how many, so one, two, three, four, so there's like supposed to be 16 lights. We got 14 out of 16. That's pretty damn good, ain't it? Right? If you think about like track records, That's a pretty good track record, 14 out of 16. Even like the best batter in the majors, like from the Yankees or the Rangers or whoever, the best batter, what's the best batting average you've ever heard of? Like 400, right? That means what? They strike out how often? Six out of 10 times, right? So think about this, that means that you'd have six lights, you know, or something like that, I I can't do math. That's why I became a chiropractor and I have accountants to do math for me, right? But you understand that? Right? So we're better than the best batter in the majors. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And we don't put anything into the body and we take nothing away from the body. Isn't that cool? That is so cool, right? So I want you to think about what I just talked about here when I said, you know, in the beginning, God, the law of the universe, the law in all the units... Tell me what that means to you guys, because I want to hear from you guys. What does it mean to you guys? (coughs) Come on, speak up. This isn't about me. It's about you. What law is he talking about? All right, good. Good. What's your name? Frank. Frank. Thank you, Frank. Frank was the brave one, first question. (laughs) Right? So Frank asks, what law is he talking about? What law do you think he's talking about? All right, so I'm going to give you an example. So you've heard me talk about Dr. Sid Williams, maybe if you're listening to my podcast at all, right? What happens if I let go? Gravity, gravity right? Can you see gravity? Right? So can, if I let this go and it goes down, how do you know it's gravity? Well, we've heard about it, right? We probably studied it, right? Had a couple science classes about it, right? But do we see it? Can I see gravity? Can I touch gravity? No. So how do we know it's gonna how do we know it's gonna go down? Because it's, it's a law, right? The lo- the universe has certain laws. And if I drop this, <coughs> it's gonna go down. And I don't care how many times we drop it, how many times is it going down? A hundred percent of the time. As long as we're on this planet and an asteroid hasn't hit it, you know, or some <laughs> other cataclysmic event hasn't occurred, right? So but let's just say for the most part that thing will go down 100% of the time. That's the law. That's what we'll work with. It's that law. It's a natural law. Right? Do you ever think about the word subluxation? What does the word subluxation actually mean? Very good. Less life. And, and what, but the term lux actually means what? Light. Right? In Latin. So, Turn around, Frank. Oh wow, <laughs> that's a great shirt. That's a great shirt, yeah, exactly. So you, so you guys cheated over here, right? I, <laughs> that was a good, that was your, your idea? Yeah. I like it, that's a great shirt. Um, so that, that's exactly what it is, right? Less light, that's why I have my wife turn on and turn off the light, right? Because that's what we're dealing with. That's how, that's how amazing this is, right? And it's so simple, but it confuses people because it's so simple, right? One of my favorite speakers, Jim Rohn, who's someone you should really be listening to. Two speakers you should listen to, aside from like some of the great chiropractors out there. Two speakers, are Zig Ziglar, from Texas, right? From Dallas, as a matter of fact. The Ziglar Corporation is in Dallas, Texas. Uh, and uh, Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N. Um, both of them, unfortunately, have passed away. Uh, but both of them have, a ma- you, I mean, you. Both, uh, Ziegler has a podcast. That's an amazing podcast. Uh, and he's got a gazillion audio tapes, to, uh, well, CDs and MP3s to listen to. And so does Jim Rohn. So Jim Rohn would say, eating an apple a day, right? We, have we heard the saying, an apple a day keeps the doctor away, right? And he would say, what if, what if that's true? Why doesn't everybody do it? Why doesn't everybody do it? It's very, it's it's easy, you'll be be stunned when I say this. Why doesn't everybody do it? Lazy? Well, it could be lazy, but it's easy to do, so it's also easy not. not to do. And that's the difference with success. Success is doing the easy things with discipline over and over and over again. Right, that's what makes success. Failure is doing the wrong things over and over and over again, right? Making the wrong decisions, making the wrong decisions, making, constantly making wrong decisions. Now, does everybody make wrong decisions? Absolutely, right? You couldn't live without making wrong decisions. But it's the discipline of doing more of the right decisions. That's what makes success. That's the law. That's the law. All right? Other questions? Give me another question. Come on, don't be shy. Yes? What made you uh, want to specialize in pediatrics? Okay, that's a great question. What's your name? Haradna. Haradna, pretty name, thank you. Uh, So Haradna asks, what made me want to specialize in pediatrics? Um, So uh, when I first graduated from chiropractic school, even though I was this asthma miracle story, um, I did not actually want to specialize in pediatrics. My goal was actually to specialize in sports. Uh, so if any of you guys come to my ICPS, you'll see I have pictures of me playing hockey and all this other stuff to talk to you about this. Um, but uh, it, didn't, it, it didn't work the way I thought it was going to. Right? I'm a hockey player, so I want to take care of ho- other hockey players. So you, know, you guys had the Dallas Stars, right? So I had the New York Islanders, right near where I was, and the Rangers, and the Devils, and the three hockey teams within a very short, small amount. I was like, I'm gonna be a chiropractor for three different hockey teams, right? but it didn't work the way I thought it was. And not that I didn't start doing what I wanted to do, but it didn't feel right. It wasn't right here. And then I had the great fortune of having Dr. Larry Webster, who's the founder of the ICPA, as my teacher at Life University. Um, And he and I kept in touch uh, after school, as he did with many, many, many of his students. Um, And I happened to meet him in 1995 I think it was March of 1995 because my son was a year old. I mean, a a month old. Um, And there's a great picture uh, that you guys will see tomorrow of Di Webster adjusting my son. And uh, he said, Drew, there's something going on with the kids. We need more pediatric chiropractors. You should be one. And his authority changed my mind. So, and I'm so grateful that he told me that, because in 1995, if you look at the stats of autism, especially, and that's my big specialty, if you look at the stats of autism, autism was rising up a little bit like this, and in 95, it started taking an upturn like this. And then in 2001, it really took off, right? But in 95, that he started seeing these kids more and more, and started seeing ADHD and learning disorders, and so was starting to write papers about it, which was very bizarre at that time, right? And he told me to do that, and I said, you know what, I'm gonna listen. And I started getting more involved in pediatrics, and adjusting more kids, and taking care of more kids, and taking seminars. Eventually I got certified from the ICPA, then I became a diplomate in the ICPA, then I started teaching for the ICPA. So ICPA has been my, my life for years, but because of Webster, really, he was the, the impact. Uh, and I'm so glad that he told me that, because personally speaking, Kids are a lot more fun than adults. <laughs> kids are a lot more fun to adjust than adults. Uh, adults always complain. And adults, you know, wanna, eh, what about, you forgot this spot. You know? uh, and kids, they just love on you. They hug you and they kiss you and they just melt my heart. And I, especially the babies, I love holding the babies. I adjust the baby and I try to hold them and hug them. And I just, just give me the love, right? I come home and I just, I've been filled up with love all day long, right? And B.J. says, it's not one of the things I was going to read tonight, but one of B.J. Palmer's quotes in The Glory of Going On is, what greater joy, right? What greater joy could I have than to take care of these kids? Good question. Any other questions, especially about this and what we just read? Any any other questions about that? Yes? Um, So in school they teach you, like, separation of faith and, like, innate, Mm -hmm. but... Yeah, that's a great question. What's your name? Brittany. Brittany Brittany asked a very good question about separating uh, faith from innate. Uh, And you know, BJ being like the essential leader of our profession, I think was able to say pretty much whatever he wanted in these things. Um, When I talk to patients about this, I don't use the word God interchangeably with innate because there's too many people get too much offense about what this means and what that means. But everybody knows what innate intelligence is to some degree. Right? And if they don't know what innate intelligence is, show, here, cut your finger, who heals it? Right? There's some power in the body, I don't care what you call it. Right? Um, so I think that's, but that's an important thing to understand is that we have to educate our patients to realize there's something way more powerful inside us than we give credit for. Right? There's something way more powerful. And I don't care what you call it. Right? So some people want to call it God, you can call it God. Some people want to call it innate, they call it innate. If they want to call it something else, they, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't matter to me. I just want people to recognize the power that's in their body, right? Because that power is unbelievable. But sometimes it's interfered with, like BJ said. There's an obstruction to that power. And our job is to help that patient not have that obstruction anymore, reduce it to much as we can. And sometimes, this is important, Brittany, sometimes it's the adjustment that we do, the physical adjustment, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just loving them. Sometimes it's just listening to them. Sometimes it's just, you can, you can heal someone because you put your hands on them and you didn't even adjust them yet and they're already doing better. I, I've had patients come in after their exam and I didn't actually adjust them yet and they already felt better. And they're like, I don't know what happened. I, I came here, I got an exam and I'm like doing 50% better already. I'm like, great, but that's not why you're here, right? Right? You're not here to feel better. Right? That's a small piece of why you're here. You're here to get your nerve system working 100%. But imagine how much better you're going to be when we keep on working on you and now your, your nerve system is free and clear, right? Because what we want to see is we want, to see, we want resilience, right? We want strength. Because everybody's going to have hiccups, right? One of my favorite things to talk about with patients is like chiropractic is like, putting deposits in your health bank account. Right, is like putting deposits in your health bank account. You can never have too much health. It'll never happen. You'll never have too much health. And it's the same thing like even with, with money, like you keep on putting money and money and money into your bank account, right, what does it do? If I keep on putting deposits in every week, what happens? It keeps going up, right? Is there any magic to that? Isn't, isn't that once, the law? The law of addition, right? I put stuff into something and it will grow, right? But once again, here's the thing about all laws. The opposite also works, right? I don't put money in and I keep on taking from it, what happens? It doesn't grow and it goes down and down, and eventually, you can actually get a withdrawal, right? You can go below, right? So here's the zero line. You can go on, on the zero, right? You can, you can have a bounce checks or whatever, right? So that's what happens with our health, right? We keep on putting deposits in, deposits, deposit, 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 deposit. And then if we get a withdrawal, because everybody's gonna have withdrawal, right? It's just sickness and stuff is just the way of life, right? such sure thing thing's a pain-free life, right? Never ever tell a patient, like, you're gonna get out of pain the rest of your life. Like, it's not possible. Life life is pain, it's just part of it, right? But how many deposits have you had, right? You've had a lot, a lot of deposits, then you get a withdrawal and you still have a lot, a lot of deposits left. But you don't have a whole lot of deposits there and you have a big withdrawal, (sighs) right? Now you're overdrawn, right? And we want us, we want our patients to understand that the more deposits of health you can put in, whether it's chiropractic adjustments or whether it's our loving explanation and our guidance and our coaching of that patient, right? Or, or is their better diet because we recommend them to eat better or it's exercise because we say like, you know, you really should do something aside from sitting in front of the computer all day long, right? All those things, all those pieces, they're deposits. And that's why what we're doing works, right, is because that what I see with patients, even with adult patients who are in pain, not my favorite patient, but when they come in and they're in pain and I teach them a better way to live, right? I start adjusting them and then all of a sudden they say, hey, Dr. Rubin, I've been adjusting for a couple weeks. I feel like exercising. What should I do? Yeah, <laughs> right? Go, go, start doing whatever you wanna do. Should I run? Do you like running? Yeah, go, run, right? I don't care what you do, you know? Um, and then, and then they, a couple weeks later, like, I feel like I, I have to eat better. Should I eat better? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I should cut out McDonald's, yes, cut out McDonald's. You know, it, But it, it comes, right, it comes naturally because they're, they're getting involved with the law and it starts to make sense with them and it starts to ring true with them and they're congruent with it and now they're able to manifest a different person. And once again, there's the neuroplasticity, right? Person A walked into your office and now that same person is now person B because neuroplastically you've helped rearrange them so they're no longer thinking about what or uh, waking up the same person that they were before you adjusted them now they're waking up as a totally different person and we ask whether there's a baby or it's a pregnant mom or it's an adult or it's a senior citizen or it's an athlete or whatever it is right that's the power good questions guys any other questions before I read the next one all right cool Oh, you got one? Go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say about the neuroplasticity. So are you saying that like our adjustments can change gene expressions, like turning on the light? And Absolutely. Stuff? Great, Frank, right? Sir. Ex- excellent. Frank hit the nail on the head, right? Uh, chiropractic adjustments don't change the genes, but we change the genetic expression. Do you understand that, right? The DNA is the DNA, right? You're not probably not gonna change that. But the way that gene is expressed, that will change. And that's whether we're talking about back pain or we're talking about a kid with autism who never spoke before and now is speaking, right? It, it, that whatever the person used to wake up as, when you change the pattern, right, that's what chiropractic does, is we help change the pattern. You take the pattern like this and you turn it into this and now you have a whole new being, right? The same things are, the same genes are there, the same DNA, but now that DNA is expressing itself differently. Like how did I have asthma one day and now I don't? Right? So my body was expressing asthma. His genetic you know, RNA was going in and producing a weak lung, and now all of a sudden RNA goes in and produces a strong lung. Well, how did that change? Did they manipulate my genes? Did they put a fruit fly somehow, Drosophila thing, and go in some genetic GMO? Th- no, right? My body did it itself. Right? And that's, that's you know, way back when Dr. Webster was not by any stretch of imagination, into neuroplasticity because it was almost unheard of back in the 80s when I was in school, but that's exactly what he was talking about. He was talking about neuroplasticity. He was talking about how we can change these kids. And that's what he told me in 1995, saying, Drew, we can change these kids, but we need more people to change them. I can't do it alone. I need your help, right? And I was like, I'm in. Good questions. Any other questions before I read the next one? All right, good. So then what I'm gonna do is